Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Robin Clare, who is a best-selling spiritual author, podcaster, fellow podcaster, might I say, and recovery coach professional. Robin, how are you doing? Good, Timothy. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So I, I am here in the USA. I'm uh, a, I'm all the things. Um, I'm a mom, a wife, a daughter. Um, and it's fun because I've, I have uh, grown children and elder parents. And so I'm kind of, I think they call that like a sandwich generation. Um, and so lots of responsibilities there, but I also have a wonderful business um, that I will probably talk a little bit more about later, but what do I like to do for fun? I like to cook. I really enjoy looking at recipes. I kind of analyze them at first. (laughs) And then I I'm, I'm really good at seeing it's like chemistry. I think recipe chemistry, I'm good at seeing them. I'm good at turning them into something healthier than what they might originally be. So I can get caught up in like reels on FaceTime or Instagram when, when recipes come up and I'm like, what are they making? That looks wonderful. That looks disgusting, right? Like I'm busy, like staring at them. So, um, so that's what I do for fun. I love to walk on the beach when, when the weather is nice. Um, I guess that that's conflicting with our bomb cyclone of snow that's supposed to come this weekend. Mm. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's mostly what I do for fun. I'm, I, I like to watch shows like on Netflix and things like that too. I'm kind of get into all kinds of good stuff. There we go. There we go. I love it. Tell us what your favorite recipe is. Mm, my favorite recipe. That's a good one. Um, well, I used to love anything chocolate, but then I became allergic to chocolate. So this year I've been experimenting with things that are not chocolate. I didn't even know there was a world of baking and cooking that where chocolate didn't exist. So I've been, I've been finding that world, but I would say that my favorite thing to cook are curries, any kind of curry, yellow, green, whatever, love to experiment with that. I love to be able to throw everything into one pan and just like go to town and see. And today I picked up uh, in Whole Foods, I picked up the spice called candy spice, K-A-N-D-Y. And it was a blend of spices from Sri Lanka. And so I made a chicken and cauliflower and potato dish and it smelled really weird. (laughs) Like, Oh, I don't know if this is going to be good. And my husband was funny because he had some 
And he's like, I don't think I like this. And then he went back for more. And I'm like, why did you go back for more? And he goes, I don't know. I kept going back and forth. Do I like this? Do I not like this? And then he wound up liking it. And I said, I bet you it'll be better tomorrow. You know how leftovers, like when everything gets a chance to settle. So, yeah. So I love, I love using different um, flavor profiles. Absolutely. There we go. Feel free to send me some curry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hear a bit more about your business. Yes. So um, I, I had the traditional corporate background, but I always um, had this very deep spiritual side to me. And I always felt like I could never be my authentic self in corporate America because you didn't talk about spirituality then. So I retired from corporate and I started my own spiritual event production company like a spiritual promoter. And I did events for other healers and other teachers. And then I started getting the sense that I was the teacher. And I didn't really know if I wanted to do that because I liked doing the events. I like watching from the side of the stage versus being on the stage. But then I started writing books and I've written five books, uh, all spiritually based. And And then I started speaking and teaching. And now I just love, I love doing all of that. There we go. There we go. I love that. And we're going to get into that kind of transition a bit more. But before we do, tell us a little bit more about your motivation in life. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Yeah, I think what gets me up every day is um, I was in addiction myself for 40 years with um, obsessive compulsive food disorder and bulimia. And so I came into recovery using, using traditional methods like therapy and different things, but also following a spiritual path. And so what gets me up in the morning is, is, is this dream I have or goal to help as many people to, um, to stop being addicted to suffering. So I have to explain that because people are saying, what addicted to suffering in my work. And what I discovered in writing my book, feast and famine, healing addiction with grace, what we're truly addicted to is suffering. And then we, we pick a vice or a, or something to make us feel better. So yes, we are also have we also have a secondary addiction to those vices, but our true addiction is to the suffering that was created from childhood, teenage and adult trauma that was never healed. And so whatever tool I can put out there whether it's my own podcast uh, which is called Hungry for Answers and I have people come on that have um either live the addiction journey as, as an addict or a, um, or a caretaker of someone in addiction, and that they have a methodology that they believe works to help people to heal from trauma and suffering. And so every other week, I do it two times a month, I just have people come on that can, that maybe they're, the way that they presented is the way that's going to give someone hope. And so that's why I do the podcast, because I just find all these different ways to heal extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that you said addicted to suffering, because Mm -hmm. that is such a wild concept. Like, even Mm -hmm. when you're in the midst of suffering, you're like, this is not 
where I want to be. This is not what I want to be feeling. But it's like, no, but you're like addicted to it. Like you crave suffering, which this, it, it's a pretty new concept to me. I'm a pretty young guy. <laughs> um, I was reading The Big Leap. Yo, me too. That's one of my favorite books of all time. All yeah. time. Oh my gosh. And Gay Hendricks was like, is it gay or is it Gail? No, gay. It's Gay Hendricks. Okay, awesome. Gay Hendricks was like, we have like this um, kind of thermometer of like, kind of like happiness or satisfaction in life. And we have a temperature that we can tolerate. And when you're addicted to suffering, that temperature is just at that level of suffering. And when you get above that temperature, you start to do stuff to self-sabotage, to put yourself back mm-hmm. in the temperature where you're comfortable. Yes. And that blew my mind. Yes. I, that book, as little as it was, blew my mind too. For me, what, and I, and I do work with this now a lot, is when he said that we, we all basically work in our zone of brilliance. You know, that's when we're really good at what we do, right? And, but what we really strive, want to strive for is our zone of genius. And that's when you're really working from your core. You know, what basically you could say it so many different ways, but what your soul came here to do, right? Why, why you're here in the physical body, you know, as the soul being here is your genius, right? And, but in between your zone of brilliance and your zone of genius are upper limit beliefs. And the upper limit beliefs were the ones that really, really blew me away because our upper limit beliefs are to me, the trauma patterns that haven't been healed. And so mine was the difference between my brilliance and my genius was this fear that if I spoke my truth, I would be humiliated and persecuted. And that comes from probably many lifetimes when that actually did occur, (laughs) you know, as a spiritual teacher, um, one of my one of my teachers said it never ended well for any of us <laughs> in past lives. It really and so does. I you know and so it doesn't. So I came I came into this lifetime afraid of that, and so I lived a pattern of humiliation for my entire life. And what got me out of that in writing Feast and Famine was something I read. You know when you read something and it it becomes like this life altering thing. And it may not even be just a paragraph, but in the paragraph, it said that no one can judge you unless you give them the title of judge. Otherwise they're just expressing their opinion and you have a right to say, screw you or thank you. Right. You, you can say whatever you want to them. But you, ha- you decide whether they're judging you or not. And to me, that was the shift. That was the shift that made all of my fears in my upper limit beliefs move out of the way. And then I could really express myself and not be afraid. I love that. Mm. I love that. Why do you think we are kind of automatically giving so many people the title of judge? Because we, I think it's just, I think it's just the human experience because there's always someone, I mean, I think it starts with our parents, right? They're our parents. Of course they know better, 
our teachers, yes, they know better. They know, they probably know me better than I know myself in our relationships. Someone's saying this is not good enough. So, so, or at work, we have bosses, right? So we always have these people who are in a position to tell us what we're not doing right and to contribute to the trauma that's part of the suffering. So I think as we're healing the trauma patterns and healing trauma in our lives, it's, it's the first time, it, it begins to become the first time where you can have conversations with people and just listen to them. Here's another good small little book that you might like, Timothy. It's called TED, The Empowerment Dynamic. That's what it stands for. And what I took from that book is that when you're in a good place and someone gives you, um, tells you some things about you that they want you to change, it's constructive, feels constructive. But when you're not in a good place and someone gives you, tells you things that they want you to change, it feels like criticism. So it all depends on where you are in your life. How empowered do you feel? And I think not allowing anyone to judge you makes you extraordinarily empowered. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a... Uh... Actually, I want to jump into, before we jump into your dreams and goals, I want to talk about, so we don't give other people the title of judge, like we can get to that point, but what happens when, you know, everywhere you go, there you are, and you're always judging yourself, like what oh, would you yeah. say to that person? Yeah, which we do. Again, this is about um, really clearing out the trauma, right, because um, pain is inevitable. It's like death and taxes. <laughs> You're not going to get out of this life without pain, but yep. suffering is an option. And, it, and it's so people can say your listeners, uh, uh, of course, but how many times have you heard someone say, Oh, she's in so much pain and suffering. It's kind of like we, we, lump them together but it's really not true pain is inevitable suffering is an option so you i'm sure you've seen some people that are in a lot of pain but they're not suffering they're just like well i'm going to focus on feeling better i'm going to focus on i'm going to look forward to running again you know what, whatever it is right they're not suffering but for the person who's suffering surrender is required and wh what does surrender mean um Surrender means when you really give it up. Surrender is not wishful thinking, right? It's like, I, not, I wish this would go away. Surrender is when you're like, I will never do that again. Or even if you give it up to your higher power, I'm done, take this. So how do you know you're actually in surrender? For me, when I know I'm in surrender from suffering, Whatever I was suffering over, it seems like instantaneously or within 24 hours, depends on what it is, I always get the answer to why I was suffering in the first place. It seems like I get that clarity, like that shower moment that says, oh my gosh, that's what, that's what was going on, right? 
then the last part is, so we have pain is inevitable, suffering is an option, surrender is required, and then grace must be allowed. So what is grace? Grace is anything that comes to us to help us. Now, it could be our, in, within ourselves, it could be a knowing or something we forgot about, or it could be a, a miracle, like all of a sudden you need help and someone calls you and says, hey, I thought of you. I think you might want to meet this person, right? It, it's really kind of crazy how those synchronistic events happen. So I always say synchronic, synchronicity is coincidences in, inspired by spirit. right and so so grace you know grace is listening grace you know is listening and saying oh wow he is really serious about this what can we do to help and but did you hear me say this grace must be allowed and this gets to you what you were saying timothy because sometimes we like being the one that's suffering. Sometimes we don't like it, but that's what our family expects of us. Like, oh gosh, that, you know, so-and-so, you know, they're, you know, I don't know if families call each other losers, but maybe that's what they expect from that person, right? They're never going to get ahead, right? And so we take on these labels from our family and from our friends, from our teachers, from work from society and then we think well grace isn't coming to me or even if it came to me i wouldn't even recognize it right so that's why grace must be allowed and these teachings these four teachings are part of my uh, part of my book feast and famine yeah sounds like a great book i love it i love it i have to say this the first time i wrote it um, I was actually in addiction, but I wrote, wrote it anyway, because I was guided to read it, write it, excuse me. And when I got to the end, I was like, well, these teachings didn't work for me. So, you know, I can't yeah. release it until I actually came into recovery. And then I rewrote it. And so there are certain points in the book where I really rewrote it. And then there were other times I kept how how I wrote it in addiction and then compared it to how I would write it in recovery. And what a difference. Yeah. Especially on the surrender part. I didn't have any idea what surrender meant because I wasn't in surrender. So, but when I went to write it, I'm like, I'm going to keep that first part. I want someone to understand what surrender is not. Yeah. Right. And then I wrote what surrender actually is. And um, it was a lot. It was a lot to put myself out there. It surprised a lot of people that I could have this addiction for so long and be successful at the same time. You know, in, in business and in, as a mother, you know, as a wife, daughter, you know, all of that, friends. But addiction, we, we can do that. We can be addicted and be successful, but we're never happy. And for me, as a spiritual teacher, I almost felt like um, a fraud. Yeah. Because really, who am I to tell anybody else what to do? Is what I would be thinking in the back of my head. And and where's the next Hershey bar, right? <laughs> Sorry, product placement. 
Um, <laughs> um, but that's what I would be thinking, like, oh, my God, let's get out of here. Let's get ice cream, right? Like, yeah. I'd be like, stop. But so now, now I live in a di- whole different place with food. Um, it's so peaceful and um, enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to have to email Hershey to get payment for that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's jump into your dreams and goals now. What is yeah. your uh, vision for your company and your life? Yeah, so I've talked a lot about the dream for my business, which is to really find whatever tool I can to keep driving home that we have to surrender the suffering. Even uh, one of the things I'm working on this year is an anthology. So an anthology is a book that's written by 20 different authors. Everybody takes a chapter. And then it's like, we build a community and, and, and you become an author even by just writing one chapter. So I love it. I love, I love the model. And so the book will be surrender your story. Um, because I believe that we carry these trauma stories around with us. And this came to me at a meditation twice at New Year's. Every New Year's, I ask my own um, inner divinity to tell me something new for the new year. And twice I heard surrender your story. And I was like, which one? I got lots of stories right? We all have lots of stories and they're like all of them. <laughs> and so I started thinking, what does that mean? And it, it, it and to me, it, it means we have the way we see ourselves, right? We've talked about that. We, you know, those upper limit beliefs. Um, we just have a stories about ourselves. We have stories about our relationship with our parents, right? We have stories about you know, who we are in the world in our business or who do we work for? And I believe that we have to surrender those stories so that we can allow um, the grace, the love, the joy, the peace, the abundance to flow in because we're not blocking it by our own self-limiting beliefs about ourselves. Because even in the teachings of Abraham, I don't know if you're familiar with that, Esther and Jerry Hicks, we have a vortex of energy around us. And every time we have something that we really desire, it starts coming towards us and into the vortex until we're ready to, to receive it. Right. And Esther would always say, Abraham, uh, Esther channeling Abraham, that the only uncooperative component of your vortex that ever exists is yourself. Right. Cause you put out your dreams and your desires and then you're like, ah, what is taking so long, right? Wait, do I really deserve that? I don't know. Maybe I'm not good enough for that. Like we start doing all of that stuff. And, um, and, and so I'm not sure where I was going, but (laughs) we can end it there. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, that's that. I, I love that. And I think it's, it honestly I don't like amazing is the wrong word, but it's what I'm going to use. Like, it's amazing how we hold ourselves back from what we want. And we're the only things holding ourselves back from what we want. It just blows my mind because I'm like, we want it. Like, we know we want it, but we hold ourselves back. And it's just, 
it's the most like I don't know, just conflicting thought. It's so hard to wrap your head around. Well, and it's interesting. I was thinking about something um, that you wrote in your notes to, you know, to me as, as a guest and something that I could share with people that would help them to manifest what they want in their lives. And I, the thing, something that I, that I learned this year that I'm really focusing on is making sure sure that it matters to me. Does it really matter to you what you think your dream is? Or is it somebody else's dream and you're just going along for the ride? Because if it doesn't really matter to you, you may energetically block it from happening. So I think it's important to understand if it does matter to you. And you may say, it doesn't matter to me, but it matters to my partner. So I'm all in. But you want to make sure that you understand why it matters to you and hold that because what matters to you, you will create into matter. And what doesn't matter to you, you will also create into matter, right? So watch what matters to you because either way, you're going to have to manage it. All righty. So I often name the podcast based on quotes that I loved in the podcast. Right mm-hmm. now, it was synchronicity is coincidence inspired by spirit, because I really love that yes. one. And that was going to be with Robin Claire. Should it be, um, oh, I forgot how you just put it, but it was like, what, ma- you, what matters to you, you create into matter. Well, don't use that one just yet. That's part of my next book. Okay, okay, okay. It's okay for the listeners to to do that. But what you could say is maybe just make sure it really matters to you. Yeah. Because if you don't make sure it really, what, 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 make sure what you want to manifest matters to you. Because if it doesn't matter to you, you won't manifest it. Yeah. You'll, and you'll manifest some version of it that you don't want and you'll be unhappy and you'll be unhappy right Uh yeah um yeah it is it's it's quite interesting it is it's quite interesting um i want to i wanted to uh, preparing to be on your show and you said what's your what's your favorite book I was having such a good time. I was like going through my bookcase. Ooh, love that one. Love that one. Love that one. Love that one. And it was really hard for me to pick a favorite book. So I picked two. And I thought maybe I would share them with you. Go for it. Okay. This first book is called The Choice by Dr. Edith Eva Egger. And she was on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. And Oprah, I just was, I, I happened to turn it on and Oprah said, I'd like to introduce you to the, the author of the choice, Dr. Dr. Edith Eva Egger. And, and Dr. Egger said, hello. And I was like, wow, she, I didn't even listen. She had me at a hello. Uh, <laughs> I, I said, I'm going to get that book. I love this book. And then after I finished the book, I listened to the Oprah pod, Oprah um, podcast. Yeah. Because I couldn't listen to it before. I had to read the book. So what is the choice about? The choice is about a young woman. She's 16, Edith. 
it's a it's autobiographical autobiography and she's um a trained ballet dancer and gymnast and she's sent to auschwitz and when she gets there her mom says to her they can take anything from you except your mind and that was the last thing her mom said to her because um, they took her mom right off the train and sent her to, to the ovens. But Edith did not. And she spent, she, the way she figured out how to manage her mind was she kept envisioning how beautiful her life would be after the Holocaust. And wow. she kept envisioning that, envisioning that. And then she came out she, she survived. They found her in a pile of bodies, but she was alive and she healed and she became a world-renowned psychologist helping people heal from trauma. And then, and then she wrote her book, The Choice, and uh, it was so powerful. And just listen, and she has a lot of um, examples with her client examples of how, how she helped people. And then my other book from this year is uh, Sue, Sue Monk Kid, The Book of Longings. And this book is about um, Jesus's wife. And everyone's like, what? Jesus had a wife, right? But that's what the book is about. If he had a wife, what kind of badass person would she be, right? <laughs> Like to be married, married to him, right? Yeah. And so it's really a book about her. Anna is her name and who she was and, um, and, and then her, her marriage to him. But it really, it really was about her. And this was one of those books that I was in a, in the airport. And I always go into the store because I'd like to envision my books in the bookshelves there in the airport. Yeah. <laughs> not there yet but i like to envision them and then i immediately saw yeah i immediately saw this the book of longings and i'm like ooh what's that cuz i like her she wrote the secret life of bees she's a really wonderful author and then i read the back and i'm like oh my gosh i have to read this book and i just i couldn't put it down it's really really well written and even though we don't know if jesus was married you know what do we know right you know it doesn't it it's better to portray him as a single man who gave up everything for everybody else. Right. Um, but they, it's a lot of historical information in here that feels right. You know, that, that uh, if he was married, this is who she would be and what, what happened. So those are my two, two favorite. I'm, I'm hedging that, but that's what came to me. Cause I just, love all the books I read. It has to be a really bad book for me not to like it. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, awesome. Thanks for sharing those. Those sound like yeah. amazing books. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess that leads us into our thriving three. Is there anything else dreams and goals wise you want to talk about before we move on? Yeah. Well, I would like to, my personal goal is to retire closer to the beach so that I can watch, be out there at sunrise every day, um, whether the sun is coming up or not. Because what I've discovered is when I'm away and I'm in Florida or something, 
it's really crazy what's going on in in the horizon even if the sun isn't coming up like if you have a chance to any of you listeners have a chance to go to the sunrise and it's not sunny go anyway like the cloud formations at the horizon are just incredible so i just want to be closer because i don't know i feel so feel so connected to the ocean and and the and the beach and the air and the birds um that i always wonder if i there's some there's a species of humans called mer people and they're like people that lived in the ocean i'm like i must have done that in one lifetime yeah. <laughs> I must have lived in there because i can't stay away and um so i want to live closer in good health and with abundant resources there we that's go that's my dream my personal dream i love it i love it so we got find whatever tool you can to keep driving home your point of surrendering to suffering yes. writing it in anthology is that this year that will happen this year. I have actually three books happening this year, I think. I want to write a book about my experience in, of writing, of, of really writing about my healing journey. And my, my motto is, if you write your recovery life story, you heal yourself. And if you share it, you heal others. So I want to I want to write a book that encourages people to write their recovery life story. Gotcha. There yeah. we go. And retiring mm -hmm. closer to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, if there are one or two people that you can meet right now and they would help you take the next step towards any of these goals, it could be a specific person or a type of person. Who would they be and how would they help you? Mm -hmm. I would love to connect to recovery center directors because I would really like to share the message of feast and famine to as many people in recovery as I can, because I think people, um, people newly in recovery are so still focused on healing, not, not going back to their addictive nature that they're not necessarily moving forward to what I think is required for long-term recovery, which is a, which is a mind, body, spirit, and emotional perspective on life, all working at the same time, whatever, whatever that takes. And so I would love to meet as many recovery center directors um, and, you know, national programs so that I could, I could get this message out. So that's that on my, on my um okay and then and then um on the personal one i would love to open up zillow or something and and find the perfect seller of that perfect beach house <laughs> <laughs> there we go there we right? go you know because that's like a timing thing right because there are so little houses for sale anywhere because of people working from home that it it's um it's a it's really hard to find a house to buy what does that perfect beach house look like how much does it cost where is it yeah so right now we're thinking on the connecticut shoreline 
um, anywhere between Brantford and Mystic. And um, I think we want to be, uh, have a reasonable, we can, we can afford a reasonable mortgage, but we don't want to make that a financial struggle. And a ranch would be great. So that eventually when we don't want to climb stairs, we won't have to Yeah, <laughs> think it ahead, right? Uh, I'd like to have um, a fence for my dog. So we, in the middle of the winter, we can just let her outside and we stand at the door. And um, yeah, just maybe three bedrooms so that my kids can visit. Um, yeah, and a nice neighborhood of very nice people. There we go. That's what we have. That's what we have now. So that's what it's hard. We have great neighbors. So sometimes, yeah. you know, when you're thinking about this, like, oh, do I want to give up good neighbors? That's, <laughs> but that's, what, so thank you for allowing me to dream that through. So, because that though, all those things matter to me. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So now I can materialize that perfect beach house. Yeah, if the if um if the house showed up tomorrow, would you buy it tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I would, and then sell the house we're in, because <laughs> what happens is if you sell your house, there may not be a house to buy. Yeah, and there may not be an apartment that takes dogs, so we're thinking that we sell the house first, and then sell the house we're in second, which is so little nerve wracking and f maybe flies in the face of good real estate planning. <laughs> but I think that's what's required in this new real estate COVID age. Yeah. Yeah. For and sure. I mean, it is totally no like, yeah. Yeah. Totally a um, comfort thing. Like don't stress yourself out in the home buying process. Right. That's not right. going to make it pleasant for anybody. Well, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, what is one way you like to take care of yourself? I have lots of ways that I like to take care of myself. Um, I eat organic. Um, I, I exercise. I, this year I, f I bought a rebounder, which is an indoor trampoline. So it's maybe like three, maybe three feet wide and three feet in all directions. So that's fun. Now I'm really jumping high on it and it's supposed yeah. to be good for the lymphatic system. Like it drains everything. And so it's, it's supposed to be very good for you. Um, and I read obviously. Um, and um, I, um, and I love what I do. I love my work. So I think that makes a big difference in um, my state of mind. There we go. There we go. And what is one action step that you can take right now to meet mm -hmm. more recovery center directors or national recovery programs and get your message out there? Yes. So I have, um, I, I am in the middle of a big step. I have an actual virtual assistant in Brazil. Mm. She's lovely and so smart. And so what she did is she created an email list for me of recovery centers and their directors and their email and their phone number. And I just created an, an email introduction of myself and what I would like to 
come do. And now she's going to mail that to all of the recovery directors. Email marketing. There you go. That is a huge yeah. step. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm, that's how I figured. Let them read about it and see if they want to come. Cause, because the, um, the course that I want to teach there is called the right recovery. And I actually have a journal called the right recovery. And um, it takes you through recovery using writing, which that's how I grounded my recovery is through writing. So um, that's my journal. And then I think now it's funny, you usually write the book and then you write the journal. But I think I wrote the journal first and the course, and now I'm writing the book. Yeah. So I don't know why it got out of order, but I'm just going with the flow. There we go. There we go. Mm -hmm. Well, we got one last question for you. Yeah. So you know how there are people on the planet who have a really fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. Sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Other times they'll make that switch to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept mm -hmm. help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? Yeah, I'm thinking it's, it's um, something I just said, um, learning to go with the flow. Because the flow is the, the, the flow is you in alignment with universal energy. And if we think of the universe, it's, it's, it's um, abundant and unlimited. And so when you can go with the flow, so for example, here's a good example from my life. I'll be working on something. Let's say I put out a course example and no one shows up. I could totally beat myself up or I could say, hmm, must've been the wrong timing. Or maybe I need to shift it because I'm marketing it to the wrong audience. So instead of Instead of beating myself up, I look at it as um, I thought this was the right opportunity, but obviously something else is coming, not something was taken away from me. So that, that place, that's true surrender, right? If we go back to surrender, that nothing is happening to you, right? You, you are, you are. With, you have to do some tweaking, right? Because you could have that mindset that is undermining yourself, right? Yeah. And you're busy judging yourself. So what I've had to learn to do is that was the, the biggest person that I had to get to stop judging me was myself. And so now when something happens, I just, I come into my body, I get really grounded in my body and I say, okay, that didn't work. Let's, let's figure out why, and then let's move on instead of beating myself up. So I would say, stop beating yourself up. Know that when one opportunity goes away, another one is coming. It's always coming. We're always in motion, right? We're going in the flow. Um, it's like going down a river and um, I'm just going to tell one quick story. This is funny. 
Go for it. My son and I were in Israel and we went on this tourist uh, ride down the Jordan River, right? And you were put in like a, um, a raft with six other people from all over the world. And then you had all these rafts going at the same time from all over the world, right? And the Jordan River is like really small. It's like the width of a house. It's not a big river, right? And at the beginning, everyone was screaming at each other in their own boats and screaming at each other if your boat bumped into somebody. And all these different languages from all over the world. It was, it was really quite, to watch it, it was really quite interesting. Then all of a sudden, somewhere down the middle of the, of the Jordan River, everybody picked up their oars because they gave up. And now everybody's floating down the river, right? Going with the flow, getting in a much better place. By the time we were done, if well, so then we get to three quarters of the of the river, and like if you got stuck on a side, the person in the next boat would be, let us tow you out. Have a nice day, you know, like everybody. Yeah. And then at the end, when you got to the end of the ride, everyone's like, enjoy your trip. Like they're yelling <laughs> to each other from this fiasco of when we when we got into the river and everybody had to be not only in control of their own boat, but in control of the river and in control of their own destiny. And so that to me was a perfect example of when you lift your oars right and you just go with the flow how how peace comes into your life yeah yeah absolutely i love that mm. that is that's a really good i'm glad you told that story thank you <laughs> awesome it was well, fun it was fun yeah yeah for sure robin is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off um no, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, if people would like to uh, learn more about me, they can go to clarity.com, C-L-A-R-E, that's my last name, dash I-T-Y.com, Robin Claire, Robin Clarity. And, um, and uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook too, Clarity by Robin. And um, yeah, yeah. I also have a, a free 30-minute conversation that people can sign up for. I don't really know what happens when they call me. I mean, I know what happens when they call me. I don't know why people are calling me. I don't like say, call me because you want to do this, you know, but call me, um, you know, if you need, if you need any kind of guidance and usually if you call, it's because you were meant to, right. And then, and then I can help you so that you can find that on my, on my website. There we go. Awesome. I actually did have one thing I wanted to say. You said yeah. um, alignment with universal energy. And so I made this um, kind of personal podcast. I'm doing the personal brand too. I do a lot of interviews on this show, but I am, uh, mm -hmm. I like to talk to my audience too. And mm -hmm. one of the things I was talking about was in the law of success by Napoleon yeah. Hill. Yes. Kind of talks about that universal energy and how, yes. um, like all energy in the universe is like the same. We're made of the same stuff that the universe is made of. Absolutely. And what gets me is that one, it's true. Like what I thought, I was always skeptical of like law of attraction and like um, 
it just seemed kind of woo-woo is like the term people put around it. But I'm like, it's just facts. Like you just can't deny it. <laughs> um, but what I really wanted to say was when you were talking about the universe being in such abundance, it is literally expanding into itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if that's not abundance, I don't know what is. I think it's yeah. the most awesome thing ever. And we have this opportunity to recognize really the truth of of who we are, which are energetic beings having a human being experience. So I could get super spiritual on that, but know your energy too, right? You're much more energy. Your energetic field is much bigger than your body. And it's connected. Well, not connected. It's a part of the whole universal energy, which makes you a part of and all of universal energy. So think of it as the ocean. Universal energy is the ocean. And you are, your body is a dropper, like a little medicine dropper. And you put that little medicine dropper in the ocean and you fill it with all being, right? Universal energy. So the question becomes, are you that dropper filled with universal energy or are you just universal energy? And the answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're both. You're both. So the more that you know that you are universal energy, then you have all of those resources available to you to manifest the best life that you possibly can. And then you just have to learn the tools for yourself that, that allow you to ground what, what you want to do in your life with inside yourself. And again, a lot of that starts with knowing what matters to you, right? Because I don't know, a lot of times we're doing things because it sounds good or I'm supposed to do this next you know, or this is the right, but you got to really know that. And then once you know that, what, because when you think about what matters to you, Tim, it's almost like, you're like, that really matters to me. It's like, you, it's like a physical thing, right? Yeah. Right. When you've said that really matters to me and it's like becomes part of who you are. Right. Yeah. So this is what my, the fifth book I'm writing with, with my dear colleague, Colleen Morgan, this is what it's going to be about. So I'll make sure you get a copy of that book. There we go. Thank you. I yeah, because you'll find it very interesting. Awesome. Mm. Awesome. Well, Robin, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome, Tim. It was really awesome. I enjoyed speaking with you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Robin had to say, make sure to check her out on social media and her website. All of the links will be in the show notes. Also, buy her books and give them to people because it's an amazing (laughs) message that we need to spread. As we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people, you know, need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. 
That's all I got. Have a blessed day.